you're listening to the Burst Ball Scottish Football Podcast, episode 83, with your host this afternoon, Connor Park. Joining me on today's show, I have Callum Fisher. Nice to be here. Johnny Clark. Nice to be here as well. Matthew Findlay. Good to be back. And Lewis Kemp. Hi Connor, how you doing? <laughs> They'll be going through Celtic's midweek Champions League exploits, we'll be reviewing the Ironbrook Cup action and as well as looking back at yesterday's draw. We'll have a look forward to the weekend's matches, go through the latest news predictions and always any questions that come in from you at home. We'll start at Parkhead from midweek at Celtic 5, Hapwell Bear Shiva 2 was the final score. And Lewis, just enough to get Celtic through drink so far? Um. Yeah, I think so. I think uh, I'd be a bit more worried if we didn't get the, the fifth goal, but I'm I'm fairly confident that we can do the business over there. Because I, I, even if they do score maybe two or three goals, I'm confident that we could score as well over there. So yeah, Johnny, you were at the game. Um, lots and lots of positives, exciting moments, goals, goals, and more goals, I suppose. But. Um, Take me through positives, negatives on, in terms of Celtic's performance on the night. Well, I think the first half there was absolutely no negatives. I thought um, Griffiths was outstanding, which doesn't even really need to be said. He scored two goals. Um, Brown, who we'll talk more about later, I, I get the feeling, was probably the best performance I've seen from him in, well, this season and the whole of last. So a good while anyway. Um Beat on when he came on, I thought was really good. Uh, Tierney, positive signs. Uh, so, so many good performances yeah. all over. Rodjick was fantastic as well. So I think even with Sinclair as well, it looked really, yeah. really balanced, I think. Even though I think he maybe went a wee bit missing when the two goals, uh, we conceded the two goals. But I thought just just a much better shape about the team going forward. Um, but, you know, as you said, the first half mm. was, I mean, that, that was excellent. I mean, I, I think. Um, Stat is that we've not scored five goals in Europe since uh, FK Sadova, which is two thousand and one or two, I think. Which is going yeah. going back quite a bit. I mean, we've only scored four against Red Imp, so I think that tells you just you know how good we were going forward. And mm-hmm. you know, it was it was two kind of two kind of lapses of concentration, really. Um, we should never have conceded the goals, but you know, we'll we'll learn from that, I think. And I think it's maybe better to to have these kind of mistakes now as opposed to if, if you do go forward and yeah. play the kind of better teams that would punish you a lot more for stuff like that I think you got to credit Rodgers as well for his yeah, subs for the, the changes he made I think taking off McGregor uh, taking on Beaton I think there was maybe an injury with Lustig uh, going off but yeah. uh, the control came back after that because I, th- I think at the start of the second half um, even Scott Brown looked a bit dodgy he was getting himself into into fights with a big the big striker you know he was and McGregor, I don't know, bringing on Beater, I think, definitely took control of the game to get by the scruff of the neck. Um, he just looked so calm on the ball. Um, I think he'd, he'd said in the programme how desperate he was to knock out Israeli teams. I don't know. I think yeah, he, he almost wants to yeah. prove himself to, to his, <laughs> the, the press back home who don't really... I, th- I think they kind of thought this was a great chance for Beersheva. Mm. And we're not ruling them out just yet. I think... Um, I was speaking to Hamish the other day and he said... Um, was it on Skype? Aye. Yeah, 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 on Skype. He, he said he thinks Beersheva will win 3-0 over in Israel. So, yeah. you know, some people are still a bit pes- pessimistic, but we're all hoping for the best. You say hoping for the best there, and I suppose it, it comes through. There was, for me, a lot of pointless chat before the game, you know, our, our Scottish football and all behind Celtic in, in Europe. But at the end of the day, there is a potential windfall here for... 
all Premiership sides should Celtic get through, not just Celtic themselves. And I'm sure um, with the money that comes in, if Celtic do hopefully get through it, it can only be seen as a positive for all. Uh, I'm not really sure about a windfall for for other clubs. Mm. Um, I've always kind of... I'm of the opinion, obviously, it's, it's great for the game, I suppose, but I think the, the whole um, the argument for a coefficient at the moment is, is quite... It's dead, to be mm. honest, in terms of, like... I, I get, obviously, it's important to kind of keep it going, but we're so far down that I don't think anything significant is going to make a difference. Financially, it's only going to benefit Celtic, in my opinion, as well. I, I cannot see how that it could possibly benefit the rest of the league. I mean, I, I can get what you're meaning, like, yeah. because as much as, I think it's 250 grand, um, Connor, if I'm right. Um, the, club, yeah, yeah uh, which is, right. I, I, which is obviously, yeah, like, for a lot of clubs in the league, that's a lot of money. Um, yeah. But, in saying that, we also get, I think, 20 million at yeah. least. So, there's also, the, the gap widening. So, I get that point of view. But, I, I think in coefficient, I think, you know, it's healthy, I think, yeah. for the coefficient. No, um, it, is, it is. I just don't think that, over the last few years, that um, teams... Like and Celtic Rangers, we've not all nobody's like kind of gone further than, than I think what a lot of the nation expects from where we were ten years ago when Rangers were playing in Europa League finals and Celtic as well, you know. And I think that it, the game is so far downhill that I don't think one good season will benefit it. It's all, I think anyway, financially, it's only going to benefit Celtic. I mean, Lewis as a whole, you you you've watched Celtic, um, you know more about the club than, than, than any of us sitting here and I think there is a real hunger now isn't there Champions mm. League football is probably needed back at, at, at Celtic Park it's a it's a strange one because I, I'd say we needed it more um, maybe the, the, the previous four years because obviously there wasn't as much as I've, I always I, I think Aberdeen was more than a credible challenge the last couple of years I think there were certain people within the fan base that we're never going to take Aberdeen seriously until Rangers came back, and so I think Champions League or doing well in Europe was almost a distraction and a kind of a kind of must for Celtic during that time. And um, now that you know Rodgers has came in and it, you know there's a lot of interest in the league this year, it's not. I don't think it's as um, needed, maybe, but it's obviously a, a huge bonus. And I think Rodgers as well. I think I think he he's got something to prove, um, and I don't think he's going to prove it by you know winning games up here and winning league titles up here. I think he's going to do it in the Champions League. Uh, I think that's when, you know, the people down in England that have kind of doubted him and uh, kind of put him down, I think that's when they'll kind of sit up and take notice if he does well there. I think, yeah, uh, just a point, like what Matt was saying about the, the coefficient, I think, I'm not certain about this, but um, I'm sure Scottish the Scottish coefficient went up from maybe 25 to 23, so two places up, which is quite a decent leap for, and this was, was before Celtic were, well, presuming they do get to the group stages, they'll maybe go up a couple more. So I do think it's got more of an impact on the coefficient than we see. Because mm. I mean, if you look at the sort of teams around it, Israel are two places below in the coefficient. They're not going to have a team in the Champions League. Um, Poland are just near. Um, they'll obviously have Legia by the looks of it. But Poland have had a poor season in Europe. And there's there's teams around us, Bulgaria, I think they'll have one team in. So it is important, I do think, Um to, to, to match the teams about I think, it, I think it's, a, it's an extra one coefficient point so uh, straight away for the whole point, yeah. uh, if we get Champions League and I think it's three for Celtic maybe more um, yeah. I'm not too sure a whole coefficient point when I think yeah. Scotland's last year was maybe only five or something like that cause I think it's it less than that it was maybe it two or three less, yeah. two or three so it is quite I think it is quite big in terms of when you got to look at the whole like, where we are compared to, to mm -hmm. other leagues around us I think 
Well, just to cap that off, we'll go around the table. We'll Celtic progress. Yes or no? Start with you, Lewis. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Unanimous thinking there. We'll move back to domestic action now. We'll stick with Celtic, though. They travel to St. Johnson and Saturday's lunchtime kickoff live on BT Sports. And Cal Fisher bring into the conversation here. St. Johnston, you know, with Celtic coming back off European football, may well be fancying their chances. Um, yeah, I think of, of all the places, probably Celtic would have least liked to have gone to um, after the the game during the week. Probably St. Johnston would have been in, in maybe the top three, something like that, given they've already been at Tynecastle, obviously. Um, St. Johnston have made yeah, outside the kind of predicted top four, if you like, probably the best. have made the best start, I think, um, in, the, in the Premiership. And they'll be fancying your, their chances, as you say. Danny Swanson's in terrific form. They've just signed Ricky Foster as well. Um, and, you know, with the, with the players they've already got there, um, I think it'll be difficult for Celtic. I still think Celtic will probably come through with the three points, but it could certain, I don't think it'll be easy for them by any means. I mean, Johnny, that is a really tough, tough game. Like, 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 Calm Fisher has said and I think overall going there the big kind of debate this week has been around these kind of ticket sales and the home support and comparison to away support does that have any sort of impact on these sort of games? Um, I'm not sure I, I don't agree with what's happened I, I don't think it's anything to do with St Johnston I I've, I've heard it's the that police that, yeah. that, have, that have done it Um like I say, this has happened to me before, trying to get into the home end. It will undoubtedly mean the crowd will be lower. I mean, it could be considerable. Um, I'd imagine it would it would impact the crowd. I don't know how much the crowd will impact the players. That's really down to each individual player. But um, it'll certainly have an impact and probably not a good one for St. Johnson in terms of financial uh, income and... It, <laughs> I don't know about the result, that it'll, how much it'll impact the result. I do think, I think me and Lewis going to the game on, on Wednesday thought that it'd be a difficult game on Saturday. It still is. Before it, yeah. It still is, but I'd, I'd, before I'd maybe said St. Johnson would have had a chance at a draw. I can't I can't see it now. Maybe I've just been caught up in the whole moment. Perhaps with Celtic. Too much confidence and perhaps that that buoyancy of feeling from, from midweek carrying them on yeah I think so I, I do think so I, I think they'll go there and uh, it's hard to say any team will go there and win comfortably because we know how hard it is we know we've seen Aberdeen um, just a couple of weeks ago and we know St Johnson will make it difficult but I think Celtic like you say the buoyancy will carry them through and I think they'll win there Lewis just finally um, team selection for Celtic it's always an interesting one after European matches. Do you think Brendan Rodgers will be tempted to dress anybody? Um, no, actually, um, I think we'll go a pretty similar team, um, and I think that's probably a good idea, just because you know, as Johnny said, you know, they will be buoyant after Wednesday, um, and you want to kind of carry that momentum going forward. Um, just to kind of reiterate what Johnny was saying, I, I actually was kind of worried about this game um, before Wednesday. I thought we would, I thought it was almost a stick on that would. We'd, the most we'd get would be a point but um, I'm, I'm a lot more confident now and I, I think we'll probably get the three points Well moving back a day and towards tonight's action it's the first game of the weekend at Dens Park it's Dundee versus Hamilton it's quarter to eight kick off up there um, I think on the face of it you'd very much be thinking uh, a home win 
but uh, Dundee are missing a number of key players for the game. Craig White and Nicky Lowe, James McPaik, McGowan's also late fitness test. So a number of injuries to contend with there. Um, Matt, is that a good chance for Hamilton to go up there and, and, and get their first one? Uh, yeah, it is. I mean, I think they've, they have shown this year already that they can compete. Certainly, I mean, they went to Ibrox expecting, well, many people expecting them to ship four or five, and they came out with a very impressive point. But dis- disappointing last week, it has to be said, about the, the game against Kilmarnock. I think that they should have, I think it's that home record again that I, I always mention, I think, every single week. It's just, it's terrible, you know, and if they can't um, make New Douglas Park a fortress of any sort, then they've really got to pick up points away from home. So it is certainly a, chan- a, a chance for them, especially with the some players like you say uh, from Dundee that are off however I still expect Dundee to win and quite comfortably I think 2-0 probably is what I'll say so. Callum it's Friday night football up there obviously because Dundee United are at home tomorrow in the championship um, it's an enforced change but a positive one with, with games on Friday evenings um, yeah I, we were talking about this the other day and obviously we were trying to figure out why it wasn't why it had been moved and why it wasn't on the telly and then obviously discovering that Dundee United were playing on the Saturday. Um, yeah, I suppose it's, it's something a wee bit different. Um, obviously, we had the, we've had the Friday night games before. It's maybe not the most glamorous of ties to have on that Friday night slot. Um, but, you know, uh, it's, it's something there and it's something I'm sure that the, at Den's part they, they will get a good number for it and there should be a, a fairly decent um, Hamilton support there as well. Um, but I think um, it's difficult to tell with, with Hamilton what you're going to get because obviously they came to Ibrox and I, I still wasn't impressed by them. They dug in well, um, but I still thought there wasn't much there and I wasn't surprised when Kilmarnock beat them last week. Whereas with Dundee, everybody's sort of written them off and they have. They looked good against us last week in that second half. We didn't help ourselves at all, but Dundee have certainly got <coughs> a lot, I think already they look as though they've got a lot more to them than people maybe gave them credit for so I would say Dundee are probably going to win this game and I wouldn't be surprised to see them put a few goals past uh, Hamilton tonight to be honest with you Dundee have have this week of course been in a a bit of a transfer broil with St Mirren um, over Stevie Mallon Um, that is something that I think you know looking at the face of it St Mirren have, have, have done well they've rejected a bid there but Johnny is that a player that you see leaving and maybe heading up to Dens Park this summer? Yeah, I'm a big fan of, of, of Marlon. I've seen uh, quite a bit of him. He's a nippy player. Um, I think St Mirren are right to reject the bid. I think they can get maybe... Well, what was the bid? 200,000 really re- they rejected? I think, it was, yeah. I I think they could probably... quoted anyway. But the, the thing with these things is you never know what's the initial fee. What's the... Is this 200,000? Mm. They should be looking... <laughs> just maybe plus a quarter of a million for the boy I mean he's a good player he's he's, he's uh, if you actually look at his stats I don't know how good he would actually look but I think in the right system he could be a fantastic player and we, we all seen the goal he scored at, at Dens Park I mean it was messy like you know but he, he could he could play he could play for Dundee for 10 years and probably wouldn't wouldn't top that goal at Dens so that's a bit of a, a monkey on his back I think if he goes there at the end of the day, I think the, the, the issue surrounding any sort of transfer fee and all of this would be that there is only so much that any club are going to pay for a championship mm. player. And a championship player that, I think with, as Johnny says, the greatest respect overall, you know, he's a good, talented player with a lot of potential to grow. But 
there's, I think even St Mirren fans would say there could be some weeks where you know you wouldn't necessarily pick him up um, Lewis? Yeah uh, I mean it's it's so hard I think in this kind of day and age to kind of put a kind of price tag on a player you know the markets just kind of went a bit bonkers really um, I think I think we were discussing the chat I think we said um, 350 or something would seem reasonable maybe but uh, I'd more so go you know, half a million maybe maybe a bit less than that but uh, yeah I, I mean and just going back to this game I think you know, these games are usually quite feisty between Dundee and Hamilton um, like going back to almost the championship when uh, what is it Connor, Connor, just his face just changed when you said half a million. He just, he was he said, like he'd seen he a said, ghost uh, or something. Oh, he said a quarter of a million. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you should have just seen his face there. He just went like a ghost or something. I was, I was, I was shocked, but you yeah. know, everyone, everyone's got their price and whatever you feel. How would you price him, Connor? I, I think for me, um, a championship player uh, is. I always have a target. I always have a figure of. Probably max three fifty in my head for um, a player that n- not anything absolutely outstanding for a good player with a lot of potential. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, that isn't including. I don't. But then, but then Cummins was was it one point six million or yeah, something? Knocked like it back. Yeah. Knocked it back. So you know what I mean, but <coughs> I think there's a big difference between. Yeah, obviously, it depends what contracts are on. I know Cummins are, is on a four um, four year, but. For me, Jason Cummings, who's had two seasons of banging goals in, is a lot more of an attractive prospect mm-hmm. than Stephen Mallon, who I think probably has his best years to come um, and still has a lot of development to do. But that's the big thing, you know, this is this is the dilemma clubs have nowadays. You, you, you play a player in your under-20s, you bring him through. Sometimes at that point, just before he hits the first team, is um, the point where he's, he's most valuable. Because suddenly, if a player goes in and starts playing regular at a championship level, and then is found to not shine every week, but has some very, very good games, there becomes a risk element. And there becomes a point where clubs weigh up and say, well, we're not going to make that £500,000 bid because it might not do it every week for us. The argument would be Jason Cummings, and why he maybe is attracting so much attention and so much money as two reasons. The contract that he's on... I think it's mostly the contract. And... um, (laughs) Secondly, he's done it on a more consistent basis. Um, but, again, I think St Myrna are quite right to try and get as much out of him as he can because, let's be honest, if we don't sell him to uh, Dundee just now, this is only going to have heightened interest in Steve Allen and you'll find that because Dundee are interested, suddenly, this weekend, I would put money on the fact that another five or six scouts that weren't there last weekend will be watching him because suddenly it's like, well, there must be something there if there's a team going to bid for him. I think it's quite positive, actually, to see that St Mirren are in a position to knock back a bid. I think I think in terms of going forward as a, as a club and possibly Scottish football, I mean, although it's not a lot to most teams, um, well, like certainly the top half of the, the Scottish Premiership, I mean, even if a, a team in the Championship are able to knock back 250, 300 grand bids, you know, I think certainly it's quite... Like is it, I personally think it's positive for the game. I mean, I don't think they'll knock back five hundred grand if it comes in. But you know, I mean, just it was just a point that I was thinking about. Yeah, absolutely. We'll move on to your team, Matt Aberdeen. Uh, they are hosting Partick Thistle on Saturday, and I suppose the big question would be: Are Aberdeen going to score? 
I hope so. I think I think they've shown that they they can in pre-season and 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 the European games and so on. They've there's certainly an attacking threat there. It's just it's just very difficult. I mean, the two games, to be fair, to be I think anyway, you're going up against two physical teams that are are pretty notorious for like you know, keeping clean. Well, Hearts anyway have got they're they've got a good record anyway of of holding teams and. If teams are coming up to Pataudry, most likely they're going to try and play for a point. And I think Partick will probably do the same. I expect Aberdeen to still put through a few goals, depending on who they play. If Rooney comes in, because I mean, he didn't start last week, McKenna seems to think that Stockley is going to be a 15-goal season player. I don't think he is. Um, I think it's still going to be Rooney. They're still very reliant on the fact that Johnny Hayes is not back yet, and if as soon as he comes back in, it'll change the whole complexion complexion of the of that team. However, then it gives an opportunity for someone like Wes Burns to, or Miles Story. I mean, I really, really want to see Miles Story come in and start in that number nine role or that number ten role. But is it going to happen? I don't know. <laughs> Obviously, Callum Bradley this will have the benefit of a week's rest, or some might say the hindrance of a week's rest. But they're going up to Petodre with. Probably, I think, a decent chance in the face of it and, a, and another chance that surely a win for part of this will get their season right and truly off to a flyer and puts quite a bit of pressure on Derek McInnes. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, Aberdeen haven't been great in the first couple of games so far. Obviously, not scoring is, is a big concern at the moment. Um, but part of this will go there. A lot of people have said that this is going to be their kind of season where they maybe do something similar to what Ross County did last year or Inverness have done before or something like that um, I, I believe Partick Thistle it's difficult because it, you know, at some point it's going to click for Aberdeen, you know, they're not going to be dwindling down at the sort of middle of the bottom of, you know, in a sort of no man's land if you like in the, pre- uh, in the Premiership but um Partick this will not be easy for them and I wouldn't put it past them to get something up at Pataudry on Saturday, I really wouldn't. Absolutely, and we'll stick with you Callum to move to Ibrox where Rangers host Motherwell on Saturday again, 3 o'clock kick-off and we'll begin by discussing the comments of Mark McGee. He has said this week that um, his side have more chance of winning at Ibrox than at Celtic Park. Fair comment? I'd agree with that because usually when his teams come to Ibrox they don't ship about eight goals so you know automatically he's probably correct there the first time I think I've ever agreed with him in my life Fair enough on to the game looking for a win obviously um, and probably fairly confident of that Yeah I mean I, <laughs> so far um, I've been kind of reluctant to ever say that um, to be overly confident um, with Rangers so far this season, I think we've uh, we've got a lot of positives, but the uh, the concerns are still sort of everybody knows what the concerns are defensively and things like that. Um, but in front of what looks to be another sold out Ibrox, I'd be confident that we'll that we'll get the win. To be honest, I think um, now is the perfect time for us to really start clicking. Obviously, if we get the Joe Garner deal done at some point, recording this Friday, if we get it done at some point today, possibly he'll feature. So that'll give the place yet another lift with maybe an, another new face um, obviously the Lescott deal has now fallen through which is unfortunate but um, against Motherwell who I, who I think will have a good season I think we, we have to go there we, ha- we have to expect ourselves to, to go and put on a good performance and I think Motherwell 
um, or a team that if we if we play as we can do going forward, we can take a few goals off them. Fair enough. We'll move to the two winless teams in the league so far. Hearts host Inverness at Tynecastle on Saturday. As I say, both seeking their first wins of the season. Um, and I suppose there's two points there. Hearts need to start scoring. Um, and at the same kind of point, Inverness need to tighten up at the back. So that would suggest that something's got to give. Where do you see it going, Johnny? I think uh, we we just t- touched on Aberdeen, and I think Hearts are sort of in a in a similar boat. There seems to be I've I've read quite a lot about it. There seems to be something wrong at Tynecastle. Um, there's been a lot of talk about Craig Levine and his influence on the club. Um, whether it's overpowering Robbie Nielsen, the the style of play has not been not been great. I mean, they were booed off in their first European match, I think, against Infinite Tallinn, uh, and they won that game. So. Something's not right. Some some of the fans are certainly not happy. So something they've they've got to improve, and I think there could be sort of a an early season backlash from Hearts fans if they if they don't do well this weekend. But going back to the question you actually asked me, I do think the the thing that will give will be Hearts scoring, and I do think they'll they'll beat Inverness this weekend. Yeah, I think I, I kind of touched on it last week when I was talking about. Uh, Tony Watt and Connor Salmon kind of getting a partnership together and that kind of finally clicking. And if I'm honest with you, I think the best team that they could possibly be going up against now is Inverness because they've been shipping goals left, right, and centre. Um, even going back to the League Cup, you know, they were shipping a lot of goals then as well. Um, also scoring a lot of goals then. But um, yeah, I, I think I think this is the ideal opportunity for Hearts to kind of uh, stake their claim and uh, show show everyone what they're all about. Because I've had two, you know. Two very very difficult games, you know. It doesn't get a lot harder than, you know, Celtic and Aberdeen. So, um, uh, I, I, I think Hearts will start to kind of finally show what what they're worth. And into the final match to review in the Premiership this weekend, a preview. Sorry, is Ross County at home to Kilmarnock. Not probably the most enticing match on the face of it. I thought we meant to talk up the yeah, Scottish team, Conor Clark, um, but. I think as we go into the predictions later on, I, I would imagine a draw is probably on the cards for a lot of people there. But it is for me anyway, so I'm going to take this call. Um, <laughs> but no, it's two teams coming off actually some very good away wins last weekend. Ross County, um, Verness, Kilmarnock at Hamilton. So how do they approach this? Both wins cautious or is it going to be a right good old open game with two teams playing great attacking football? There is your positive Scottish football, Matt. Continue to talk it up, please. I think Ross County are going to be very comfortable this week. If I'm completely honest, I think um, they are. They seem like uh, I talked them up on Monday and Monday afternoons podcast about how they were. Um, they just they just looked so much better going forward. I think um, against Inverness and so on. And I think that Kelly, I just can't. I cannot put any positives on them. I'm sorry. I just I, apart from the fact that obviously they won last week, but I just as a at the moment I'm not convinced that they're going to do anything this year and I think that Ross County are going to uh, scalp them, if I'm completely honest I, I think that's uh, <laughs> quite harsh on Kelly, I think yeah. that's quite a naive thing to say that they're going to scalp them as well if you've seen how Kilmarnock have kind of particularly how they came back last week you know, a team no. that would you know, a team that <clears throat> everyone's written off this early in the season I know the same's kind of said with Hamilton but would would have typically folded at that point um, when they came back and they fought well and they beat Hamilton 
I'm not convinced by Ross County defensively. I think the best area of Kilmarnock is when they go forward. Um, and when you've got somebody like Chris Boyd, the lad, is it Jones? It's Jones, Jones I think so, was yeah. apparently, uh, Kelly Cal was saying, was really, really impressive last week. I, I don't think Kilmarnock will be... They might, in the end, prove myself wrong. I've said they, I don't think they will go down. They might in the end, but I don't think they're going to be a team that's going to go down with a whimper. I think they'll make it very, very difficult for teams, and particularly teams like Ross County, who I've just not been impressed by so yeah, far this season. I mean, it's not as if their last home performance was anything to really shout about either. So I um, think defensively, Ross County have looked incredibly suspect this yeah. year. Incredibly suspect, and I think, as I say, Kilmarnock's best area is when they go forward. So, I mean, we'll see what happens, but I don't. I think I think that's really harsh, actually, to say that Kilmarnock are going to get scalped at the weekend. Well, you've had your stay in the Premiership. We'll now move down a league into the Championship. Plenty mm. of action once again. Um, I suppose the place to start would be last Johnny or Lewis to take the lead on this one. St Mirren versus Hibernian at the Paisley 2021 Stadium. And I believe you both will be attending. Mm, no. Uh, not anymore. <laughs> Lewis has uh, got otherwise plans now. Oh. Yeah. Are you still with you, Johnny? Uh, I'm not sure if I can find a, a little buddy to come with me. Oh. Hey, get the pun. No, oh, no, 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 never mind. <laughs> oh, that can go in the outtakes. Well, anyway, <laughs> give us your thoughts on that game itself, even if you're there or not. Oh, that's a wee laugh from Connor, at least. Um, nah, I, I fancy Hibs to, to go there and win. I've predicted maybe a bit ambitiously St Mirren to come second this year. Um, I quite rate their their business. I think Shankland will come in and I think he'll do really well for St Mirren this, this year. But um, no, I think Hibs are already five points clear of all three of their rivals. They couldn't have asked for a for a better start, even if it was a bit dodgy against Dunfermline, you might say. But I think they'll go there, and maybe similar to last season, the way they beat them four one. I think they'll, I think they'll be two or three one anyway. Well, Lewis, it's my myself against you. Uh, at Palmerston this weekend, Queen of the South against Falkirk, <laughs> a massive battle. Aye. We've not been able to talk to each other for the past week nope. about this, you know. It's Give been, us it's your been hatred in the canteen. Queen of the South are going, to, are going to win this and leave me distraught. Well, I mean, it's actually been a fairly decent start to the season. Um, obviously getting the draw up done United, not a lot of people were expecting that. Um, beating the air, air very comfortably, 4-1. Uh, and, uh, on the other hand, Falkirk haven't started very well they're traditionally not not good starters so um, you never know you could maybe see a, a Queen of the South win here I know you'll disagree with me but <laughs> I don't know I think it'll be tight 2-2 is the, the number that always seems to appear with these or the scoreline so it always seems to appear when, when these two play each other but I think on a personal level um, I'm always looking for Falkirk to go down there and get our first three points of the season because you speak about teams that are, are getting a wee run ahead of themselves. If a, another one for Hibernian, and suddenly they are starting to really um, pull away. And another team, I suppose, that have made a, a good start to the season is, or two good starts to the season, is Wraith Rovers and Dunfermline. Mm. Um, and they both face off each other in the first derby of the season at Starks Park. Matt, I'm sure you're a, a fountain of knowledge on. Wraith Rovers Five and matches but it goes without saying it's a derby it'll be tight it'll be close um, who do you fancy to sneak it? I, f- I think it's got draw written all over it if I'm completely honest um, I think um, it's going to be incredibly tight I mean Wraith Rovers look good and certainly um, my knowledge of Wraith Rovers although it's not 
Great, Declan McManus um, coming into the side this year. Obviously, he scored scored a was it a double he scored last week? And he scored two. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shaking it. No, um, so I mean, I mean, we were talking on um, Monday's podcast about um, and Calm was really getting stuck into Wraith and I think that they're, 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 they're um, what was your what was your words again Callum? I said they'll be gone by March or yeah. February February or March not Halloween you said not quite Halloween I think that's incredibly naive of you Callum <laughs> <laughs> um, no I think um, I, I honestly think Wraith have got a good a good little system in play to be honest I think they're I mean heavily tipped to struggle this year Dunfermline they're yet to prove themselves yet this year it is going to be tough for them I think I think they're, it's just a massive step up from where they were last season but certainly this weekend has got a draw written all over it for me the remaining fixtures in the championship week this weekend Dundee United take on Air United I think um, there's only really one way a lot of people see that going judging by United's start of the season more so than Dundee United's good start because it's not been for them but I think the way Air have started there is only really going to be one winner I think anyway um, and the final fixture in the championship is Morton against Dumbarton. That'll be another close one. Both sides have made good starts to the, the new campaign. Morton, in particular, between the Betfred Cup and the league, um, have started very, very strongly. So that rounds up your championship fixture card. Moving into League One um, Livingston against Senes Muir, Brecon City against Queen's Park. Erdionians host Stranraer and Peterhead host Albion Nobles. But the game we're going to focus on is Aloha Athletic against East Fife. Two teams who have made largely, well, very positive for Aloha. Uh, unbeaten, still a 100% record. East Fife newly promoted, four points out of six. They will be very happy with that, Lewis. Yeah, yeah, it's a game I'm actually attending. That's why I'm not going to beat the uh, St Mirren game. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of people kind of saying this is going to be quite a tight game. Um, I've, I've obviously I've not seen East Fife this year, so can't really comment on them too much. But uh, going by what I've seen from Alwa, I'm expecting another um, pretty comfortable winner, if I'm honest with you. But uh, I can see where people are coming from. You know, they they're obviously the promoted team last year. We're coming up with a lot of confidence. There's a decent enough start to the season. Um, and you know, definitely an upset could be caused here. Yep, Aloha. Um, <laughs> I think it, it's a start they've made that I don't think anybody really expected as such. Apart um, from yourself, who said apart from me, did win yes, it, like, of course, with, with fifteen points to spare or something. Or Ten that. to fifteen points, I was right. And yeah. I think you know, my knowledge of football has shown through there, and I've been proven <laughs> right. Um, but no, a fantastic, fantastic start for them. I think I've always said I rate Jack Ross very highly anyway um, a solid squad and they'll be looking to make it 3 out of 3 on Saturday in League 2 it's another um, competitive fixture card I think was the way to describe that league this year already you've got two teams with 6 points in Elgin and Forfar Elgin host our broth on Saturday while Forfar make the long journey the borders to face Berwick Rangers to, to England <laughs> to England you're right um, and then there's a kind of interesting one I think between Cowden Beath and Edinburgh City because it's ninth and 10th both on zero points so far and let's be honest Cowden Beath really really need to win they surely cannot go down 
again, it's far too early we're talking about that, but you look and again, it's only them up against the newly promoted side that haven't got any points so far. I, th- I think this would be a massive um, uh, scalp if if Edinburgh did win, regardless of the fact that County Beath are so poor. However, it would also give a massive statement to them in terms of what they're really all about. And um, certainly, I don't think there's a lot of teams even that really know much about Edinburgh City in that league yet. I mean, there's still a bit of an unknown um, kind of side. So going going forward, if they if they were to get points off a County Beath, well, if they win, you know, I mean, it's it certainly puts Cowden Beath in dire, dire straits, regardless of the fact that there's only three games in. I think it's a, a kind of, as I say, win or bust game for Cowden Beath. When they're playing Edinburgh at home, uh, you yeah. really have to be picking up points there. Um, we'll come back to you, Lewis. Annan versus Clyde. Of course, you've seen Clyde just last week against Stirling Albion. That's fourth against fifth. Clyde on four points, Annan on third, three points, sorry. Um, Another game that Barry Ferguson will be looking at and saying, you know, away from home is tough, but if you want to be getting promotion at the league, you, you have to be picking up points here. I think you can maybe say the same thing about that last last week as well, though. I mean, if you're wanting to win the league, you should be winning at places like Sterling. Um, I think it'll be a similar game to last week. I, I, I mean, Anna are maybe a bit worse than Sterling. I think I think in paper, Sterling are a lot better. But um, I, I, I don't know how it'll go. I, it, it should be... It should be fairly tight, I think, but um, I, I think Clyde actually might do it this week. But again, it'll, it'll be it'll be a very kind of close scoreline almost. The final fixture in League Two see Stirling Albion host Montrose at Fourth Bank, and that folks wraps up our weekend preview through the fixtures. We're now going to go to Johnny Clark, um, who in Bookie's Corner, I believe it is called. Um, <laughs> Bookie Corner. Bookie Corner, sorry. Um, Premiership matches this weekend, Johnny. What should we be looking out for? Um, Well, if we just run through the games, uh, me and Lewis have had a look just before the podcast here. And we'll start with tonight, Dundee v Hamilton. Uh, Contrary to what we've spent the entire podcast just saying about (laughs) Hamilton, um, I think Matt touched upon it. They've got a decent away record I mean you have mm. to have a good away record if you're going to have a, a one win in about six months at home and still stay up so I've gone for 1-1 one, one there it's a correct score I didn't do one of them last time so 1-1's one, 11-2 to two, and both teams to score 7-10 to 10 if you're putting it on an accumulator um, St Johnson Celtic like I say I would have had a draw for this probably had it been before Wednesday but I've gone for Celtic minus one goal at 6-4 uh, Aberdeen, which I don't think Matt really agrees with. I've gone for another correct score, 3-0 to Aberdeen. I think they've really got a point point to prove here. I'll, I'll take it. I'm just going to point that out. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think Aberdeen have really got a point to prove. And I know that Potic could prove to be the classic example of, of a tough match because they went up there and drew 0-0 last season. Um, it could be just a nightmare for Aberdeen, but I think if they get the early goal, I, I think they'll win. And to win to nil, 7-5 as well. Um, Hearts and Verness. I think I've I've gone for Hearts and both teams to score at mm. ten to three. Um, I think Hearts, like Aberdeen, will finally find their their goal scoring touch. But I could say Inverness have not been terrible going forward. I mean, they went into Dunfermline and scored five in the cup. They scored against. I mean, they did not put seven past. Was it Arbroath in the? It wasn't Arbroath. It was a. Uh, 
They put seven past uh, in, the, in, yeah. the, in the League Cup. Yeah, Cowden... No? Cowdenbeef? No. Not sure. Dundee United beat them 6-1. Um, yes, they, they hammer somebody in the Cup, so they've, they've got <laughs> goals Professional as always. Uh, and it's good Rangers, to go against County as well, so we can put that yeah. in. They've, they've been scoring goals. Yeah. Uh, Bowden's been really good for them when I was up at uh, the Dundee United game. He was scoring goals, so I think they've got goals in them. And uh, Rangers and both teams to score... There's a little bit of discussion, but we couldn't really remember the last time Rangers kept a, a clean sheet. So Every game in the League Cup. Okay. The last time they've kept a, a clean sheet in the league, then we'll go for. <laughs> um, so we've gone for Ra- Rangers, both teams to score. I don't see why Motherwell can't go there and score a goal. Um, but I still fancy Rangers to win the match. Yeah, it's 2-1, to one, isn't it? 2-1, yeah. yeah, so it's a good price. Um, 10 or on, 30 back, if you're risking it. And County and both teams to score as well. Uh is nearly three to one against Kilmarnock, and we've just discussed it. I think there's going to be goals galore in that game. Um, Kelly's main main threat, as Fisher was saying, was the way they go forward. Um, you can always bag on Boydie or Koulibaly scoring. I think they're probably going to go two up front this week, so it worked quite well at Hamilton. Um, but like I, fa- I fancy Kill- uh, County to win that, and for the weekly coupon, it's just League Two because. The games are, seem to be hard to predict, but I've gone for Ross County from the Premiership, Forfar, Elgin, and Sterling. That's fourteen and a half to one. So Fiverr gets you a sixty-seven pound profit, or probably a lost Fiverr. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So you've heard it from Johnny. Whenever you put that coupon on on Saturday and it all goes wrong, that's the man to get in touch with. Well, <laughs> I won fifty-five <laughs> last week, Connor. So you know, I'm oh, on a roll. Oh well, you have little faith. We'll move on to the <laughs> predictions for this weekend. Uh, we'll start with Dundee versus Hamilton. It's pretty consistent, apart from Lewis, who's gone for a 2-2 draw. Everyone else has gone for a Dundee win. And Even though I just said it, we won all. <laughs> <laughs> fairly comfortably at that. So it's 2 2-0, 2-0, 2-1, 3-0, 3-1, 2-1, 2-0. Lewis with 2-2. a draw? Yeah, uh, just going back to what we kind of talked about with Hamilton's good kind of away record, mm. and these games are usually quite close and they're kind of feisty encounters. So, into Saturday lunchtime, St Johnston hosts Celtic again, fairly consistent. Everyone going for um, Celtic, apart from Ross, who's <laughs> gone for one each in that game. But again, some fairly looking comfortable score lines. Aberdeen part of this on Saturday. Um, again, a lot of Aber- people back in Aberdeen, um, except from you, Callum Fisher. <laughs> um, you have gone for a one-each draw there at Pataudry. Yeah, basically because Aberdeen can't really score just now and Partick are all doing quite well, so there's the logic. The next one is a full house, and it's a full house for Rangers and Two ways, more ways than one. But it's a full house in terms of predictions. They are highly tipped to beat Motherwell. And again, some comfortables. 4-0 from New Callum. 3-0 from Callum Scott. 3-0 from Johnny. 3-0 from myself. Um, So, yeah. I think that's one that everyone kind of sees. Again, I've gone against my betting, which I said it would be both teams to score. I've done them on different days. That's what I'll say. Hearts Inverness is again <laughs> looking fairly comfortable um, and it's another full house, everybody has gone for Hearts there to beat Inverness at Tynecastle. Ross County Kilmarnock 
few differing uh, score lines here. Three people have gone for Ross County. That is Hamish, uh, Matt, Suspense, man. and Johnny. <laughs> um, two for Kilmarnock, which was, of course, Kelly Cow and uh, Fisher. No, I said draw, I think. Oh. Nope, no, you didn't. Did I not? No, you said 2 1 to Kilmarnock. Did I? Oh, well. Yes. Um, and three, the remaining three all went for draws and that. So that's probably similarly to what we were saying, probably the hardest game in the Premiership to call this weekend. Our selected lower league matches was St Mirren against Hibs. I think it's pretty consistent for Hibs there, apart from Ross, who has backed his buddies and has went for a draw there. <laughs> um, Wraith Rovers versus Dunfermline. Again, tight. A um, number of different score lines. Um, but, Lewis, you are the only person oh, no. tipping Dunfermline. Um, we have a 2-1 Wraith from Hamish. Two, a couple of 2-2s from Ross and Matt. Um, Callum Fisher, you've tipped 3-2 to Wraith Rovers. 1-1 one, one says Kelly Cow. 2-2 two, two says Johnny. 2-2 two, two says me, but you have gone for a 1-0 win for the pars. Yeah, I think I'm just sticking by this kind of ludicrous prediction that Wraith Rovers are going to finish ninth this year. So I need to kind of back up what I was saying at the start of the year. Um, into League One, Alamo Athletic versus East Five, the game we spoke about, and it sees, again, fairly consistent apart from... Hamish, who is tipping East Fife to end Aloe Athletic's winning run, and he tips a 1-0 win for the Bayview outfit there at Recreation Park. And in League 2, it's Berwick Rangers versus 4 for Athletic. Um, a number of draws, but three people have tipped Berwick, them being Ross, Callum Fisher and myself, there's a 3-0 win for you, Johnny, for Forfar. You're quite confident of that one. Yeah, I, I mean, Lewis, we're discussing this as well. <laughs> I, I, I genuinely think I think it's nine games Forfar have won in a row against Berwick, and I don't think Berwick have scored in the last six. Six, I think it is, yeah. Um, so you do too much, you put too much research into all of that. Yeah, 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 that's what, it, that's what it's all about, the betting, you know. So <laughs> I, I, I do think... Four for as well. They scored four last week. So plus I tipped them for the title. So we're gonna <laughs> yeah. win. And it's a big weekend. And the last man standing there are just three people remaining. Them being Hamish, myself, and you, Lewis. Now something has got to give because yep. myself and Hamish have both gone for Livingston at home to Stennis Muir. So you could well be crowned champion this weekend. If the Warriors do your turn and <laughs> I think that's Rangers defeat Motherwell at home, yeah. or we could well be sitting at status quo, and I put my cards on the table here, and I think that this time next week, all three will still be in the competition. Yeah, I, I don't see any way that Rangers won't um, win on Saturday. But then I also said that the, the first week as well. But I, 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 I really do believe they'll win quite comfortably Saturday. And I don't see Stennis Muir... Uh, yeah, somewhere, yeah. Livingston. So we could well be at this for a few weeks yet. Mm. Uh, but that is your predictions and last man standing for this week. We will now have a quick look at the kind of news that's developed today, actually. Um, we'll start with 
the national side and Scott Brown, he has retired from international football. The number eight jersey has been hung up at Hamden for the last time. No, again, it's one of these ones, there's two sides, a lot of people are saying he's playing well at the moment, it's a bit of a shame, other people are saying, you know, it gives a chance for people to develop, but the big question, Matt Finlay, and I know you don't know the answer, so I'm going to ask you this, who takes the captaincy? <laughs> um, James Morrison. My God, Jeez. I honestly I don't know who's, but I think realistically we're gonna look at something ridiculous like Alan Hutton's gonna get it because he's been playing there for years. Alan Hutton's not been inside for quite a while, I don't think. I, he played in the the qualifiers there, and then he I'm sure he was probably part of the. Is he um, still playing football? Like, <laughs> no, he has been actually. It? Yeah, he's been, he's been he was on he was on the telly last week for Villa, but honestly, I I don't have a clue who's gonna. <laughs> Gonna take it, I think. I but in terms of like I said to James Morrison, I really rate him for Scotland. I actually and I think consistent. He is consistently uh, good, and he's very good for the club. He, he's highly rated down there, as far as I'm concerned. Well, so, from what I understand is, um, just gonna going off of what the pundits and all that have kind of said. So I think, you know, I I, I, can't, I don't know who's getting who else is going to be there though. Like I I don't. Like Darren Fletcher, possibly if he obviously comes in. It's just all very samey, samey with what, yeah. Morrison and Dorans. Fed up of talking about Scotland know. and how mediocre players are coming in and out. It's just so boring and disappointing <laughs> because we're not going to qualify for the next campaign. Whether Scott Brown is there or he's not there, nothing's going to change while Strachan and the current people of the SFA are in charge. So, well, a bit negative, but uh, in my opinion, I think Russell Martin will be captain. Uh, I can't see it really being anyone else he's the natural leader in the side um, as well as the fact that he's a centre back uh, mm-hmm. I, the only really other option I could see would be Marshall or Gordon but uh, I, don't like, it, I don't like goalkeepers being diffi- captains it's difficult to choose between between the two Like mm-hmm. who, who will even start the game never mind the captaincy so I do think it'll be Martin he's probably the most consistent member of the side I just want Callum Patterson to hurry up and get called up so at least when somebody's playing for Scotland it's mildly entertaining because he is mental oh, on he is the mental, park yeah. well that's that, that then we'll move back to you Callum Fisher well, well, what, what about your opinion Connor Park my opinion yeah. my opinion is irrelevant in this well, why, why is it irrelevant no I mean I think there's, all there's the a games. definite gap there mm-hmm. but I think this could be the start of a, a change for Scotland and um, it m- Scott Brown may not be the only person that we see, potentially, I think, starting to move out. I don't think anyone else will retire, but it would be nice to maybe see a few changes in the squad and mixing things up a wee bit. Um, like Fletcher and Hutton can please retire as well. Stephen Fletcher, not Darren. There we go. I think, I think <laughs> that's will be innovative and start Chris Martin up front instead of Stephen oh, Fletcher or something radical like that. I think there's... A the interesting thing is there's definitely a lot of debate to be had here um, and unfortunately we are running out of time so I'm just going to push the conversation on very quickly Callum Fisher disappointment at Ibrox today um, it's looked signed sealed delivered but for a medical and Julian Lescott will not be applying his trade in the Scottish Premiership next season he has rejected a move to Rangers citing family reasons yeah, I think uh, family reasons might be a bit of a, a cover for the actual issue being that uh, apparently he failed the medical, was then offered different terms and rejected it, which is fair enough. I'd rather we didn't um, sign a player who apparently has got 
bad knees, I think, to put the term, to not use the medical term, um, because we've been guilty of signing injured players in the past, and he would have obviously commanded one of the higher wages at the club. So, you know, better players have turned us down in the past, and it's not the end of the world, obviously, with the Senderos is obviously an option to bring in. There's still, I think, what, 12, 11 days of the transfer window left or something like that. So, still plenty of time to get someone in. Hopefully, Joe Garner, as I said earlier, signs. Um, really, you know, quite excited about that one, judging by the what I've seen of him. He looks kind of the player we need. Um, but as I say, it's not it's not the end of the world. It's nothing to be too concerned about. Um, would have been nice to have him in the squad. He is an experienced player and, and, and a player I think that has done a, a, a more has had sorry has had a more than successful career down south. But uh, all the best to him with with the with the rest of his career. It obviously, just wasn't meant to be. I suppose. Yesterday at the Kelpies, the third round draw for the Iron Brew Cup was made. I'm not going to ask your opinions, but I am just going to quickly run through that draw. Jim Jeffries was there. Jim Jeffries did make the yep. draw. Um, in a, a very scenic place, I he's have to say. Nice, he's been, been a nice boy jumper. Iron Brew football and Kelpies, you could not hold me back. I was there um, with bells on, absolutely loving it. But the draw is as follows in the north section Alo Athletic hosts five, Brecon played in Fermline, Peterhead travelled to Dundee United. There's a long away trip and a, a a unique one for Hibernian who faced Turriff United. It's not that long. Okay. Okay. Falkirk <laughs> uh, host Elgin City and Forfar play Wraith Rovers. In the south section, Stennis Muir travelled to Queen of the South. Dumbarton plays Trenar. Livingston host Celtic Colts. Albion Rovers play St Mirren. Airdrionians make the journey down here to Ayr. And Queen's Park play Morton the Ties are to be played on the weekend of September the 3rd and the 4th. A um, couple of minutes, so we'll go through one question from Twitter. If I look through, a lot of it's Scotland and Scott Brown related. Uh, so I think we've covered that. But one, um, the early season data, these people that collect the stats for the league have come up with this formula on Jason Cummings and Hibernian um, if I can trans- transcribe this properly um, 3 goals, 2.38 times goals, 1.3 per every 19 minutes so far um, and it's 0.17 of a goal for every shot in 2 games not that they understand that but the big question I think that comes out of all of this and the question we've been asked to answer Lewis very quickly um is it an issue that Hibs are possibly too reliant on Jason Cummings this year for goals? Oh no, you have to sell him. If, if they don't sell him, then they'll be okay, I think. Well, they can't be too reliant on him if he's not there. If they have to sell him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If they sell him, then... This is all very confusing. Yeah, I, I, you completely confused me right before there. So Forget the numbers. The question, I suppose, is... <laughs> I think the answer to your question was yes. Yes. That's what I was looking for. There we go. That's all we need in a one-word answer. Um, we'll do one more. <laughs> Matt, this is for you. Okay. Is the reason that non-old firm teams can't win the league mainly about mentality or is there a real, real skill difference? Um, I think there's a lot more to it than just that. I think it is very difficult, don't get me wrong, um, for someone to break that dominance um, however you've got to look at a bigger picture of financially really realistically size of club of course which then brings the finances 
You look at Rangers, I've seen Derek McInnes quoted today in one of the papers saying that Rangers had three times the budget he had when he was in the Championship. When Rangers were in the Championship, sorry, last season. So that kind of tells you everything on how difficult it is to break it. However, last year, firmly believe Aberdeen's mentality was, yeah. shot, was shot after February. So if they just stuck, stuck with Celtic, they would have got the results because at the end of the day, they're beating teams that are less than them. If, if you think about it, I mean, they're smaller teams. You've got to beat the smaller teams. They couldn't do it over the the, the whole season and they collapsed. I think, so, la- I think last year you can make the argument that it was mentality, but maybe yeah. this year you can say with financially. Financially, yeah. because and the, I think Rangers have signed a lot of big name players. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how, how are already meant to compete yeah. in terms of that that side of it? But, you know, you've just got to go out and beat the teams that the, you beat the Park Thistles and you, you try and take points off the old firm. If you can take points off, off the old firm, you stand, you stand doing good stead for the season. Is that okay? Is yep. that what you wanted? Yeah, that is all I was looking for. Thank you, short and sweet. Wasn't. And that, folks, was the final word from Matt Finley. It brings us to the end of this week's podcast. Thank you very much for joining me, Connor Park, to Callum Fisher, Johnny Clark, Matt Finley, and Lewis Kemp in the studio. We'll be back early next week. With all the fallout from our weekend of SPFL football, there's plenty going on up and down the country. Get yourself out there if you can. But until then, take care.